Cha-ting! This is a 0.5 episode. Hello. Because we haven't had time to listen to your suggestions on from what to call it yet. Yeah, so if this is <laughs> shit... <laughs> well, you will, it will be called whatever it's called because we will have heard it by now. Yeah. But we don't know yet. Yeah, we don't. It's know another it's time called. travel episode. Yeah. We are back in time. We're, yeah, this is... So we're looking for the future to influence the past. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the... This is us short, bite-sized, smaller episodes focusing on a singular topic. Yeah. And we're going to try and tangent as little as possible. You know what I just thought? It just popped into my head. A- immediate just tangent. Tangently, as, immediately, as you yeah. just said, we're not going to tangent. Yeah. I'm, I'm tangenting right now. <laughs> If we had like an hourglass or like a minute glass, Ooh, and we had to fo- we had to do a question do do and that. like do it within a ten minute hourglass time, something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. We, we could even do order that. Literally, we could do ones afterwards. that are like a minute timer, well, that's so we could do multiple questions yeah. in a minute. Yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Can you get timers that you can adjust? Not not hourglass ones, but could you not? They don't have ones where you can like slot in, like cut some of the sand off or anything. No, no I don't think that exists. That'd be cool. <laughs> <laughs> right right here we no go tangents. so today's topic is recovery yeah because not enough of us do this shit so we thought it'd be a good starting point and because a lot of people who are joining in are either on their fitness journey started their fitness journey maybe starting something new or trying to revamp things or you're just grinding things out um, as we've all talked about on this we get battered yeah uh so we are going to be pretty much just break down our top should we do top three if yeah, we do, we, do, we do a, do we do a back and forth? Yeah, I think back and forth. One? So top top three things that you think that we should be doing, well, that we think we should be doing as a recovery that every person can do and should be doing on a weekly, at least, basis. Number one. So um, mine, it, it's uh, it is calories. It's This is something, if you're somebody, this doesn't apply to everyone. You sidewinded me there. Wasn't ready for that. No, I know. This is but clever. this is, for me... Calories is a massive needle mover for how you're going to recover. If you're somebody that's quite skinny or if you're somebody who's quite lean and you feel like you're struggling to recover from your workouts, you probably aren't eating enough. And that is just, for me, it's massive. I can tell pretty quickly when I'm in a deficit to when I'm not in a deficit. I'm fairly tuned in. And I do think that like some people can function quite well in a deficit compared to others. That varies massively. But calories is... A real go-to. If you're struggling with your sessions, if you feel like you're kind of getting beat up or you're accumulating a lot of fatigue from session to session and you're never really catching up, you might be training too frequently, but you might just be under-eating. That's, or, a, that's a massive factor. And that's true. And most people probably are under-eating. But let's say you're stringent and you're monitoring your calories and you're like, no, this is a good... My weight loss is on on schedule. Yeah. Like I'm not dropping too much too fast. It's a nice even... Uh, you know, I've got a nice even drop going on. I'm in control. Everything's macroed and counted. Yeah, I'm still knackered. Yeah. My one suggestion would be timings. Calorie timings. Yeah. Make sure you're having your carbohydrate allowances around your active periods. A lot of people mistake doing this and they start having the carbs through the day because they think it's going to keep them alert and whatever. No, get your fats in through the day and your carbs around your activities. That way the fats are going to satiate you and keep you mentally alert through the day. Then you can put your carbs in and I'm talking within 30 to 45 minutes of getting to your session, get a good whack of carbs in. So say say your allowance of carbs, this is just going to be an example. If your allowance of carbs today was 200 grams of carbohydrates, I would literally personally use at least 120 grams of that around my training. About half at least. Yeah, minimum. So that I would do personally, I'd do like 60 grams pre. I'd do 30 to 40 grams in the middle or 30 grams in the middle and then whatever's left at the end. Or I'd maybe do 50 grams, 50 grams, 
you know, either side and then 20 grams in the middle. Yeah. Break it down how you see fit. And if you want no intra workout carbs, you don't have to have them. You can literally have pre and post. Yeah. But make the pre workout carbs simple and fast. Yeah. I think pre out of that, pre is definitely the most important if you're going to actually fuel maximize that. Session. that session. But it's not only going to fuel your energy, it's going to fuel your pump. So a lot of people tend to feel flatter when they're in a deficit or when they're training hard or yeah. up the ante. So up those carbs around your workouts is going to help replenish that glycogen in the body. It's going to help keep you fuller and, and uh, firing harder for longer. So is meal timing part of yours or is that just an extension of mine? Is that like, you know... No, no, that's an extension of yours, okay, calories. Right. I think that's a clever though, yeah. clever. I think it's something that people always think about these external things, which yeah. we are going to get onto, but it's a real fundamental thing that, you know, some, yeah. a lot of people mess up. True. So that's one, clever. Yeah. Mine, second one, stretching. Mm. Now, there's a, this is this is one where everyone's like, because I I've stretched... I think it was 2016. <laughs> I did I stretch? Literally, the only time I stretched on a regular basis was when I was fighting. And that's because it was literally... That could be a, a series to itself. <laughs> Lex did a stretch. Yeah. And it's just you. Like, you're coming up and you're like, oh, you just go. Job done. <laughs> <laughs> video done. Stretching session with Lex, one a year. Yeah. One video, it's three minutes long. Yeah. That, the annual <laughs> Lex the classic did a stretch. Toe touch, little yeah. toe touch bounce. Shoulder, shoulder roll. Yeah. Head roll, hip hip roll. Yeah. All right, off we go. Done. <laughs> Done. Let's go deadlift. Yeah. <laughs> no, so stretching, and listen, I know it does suck and it is boring. So how do we get around it being dull and boring? My theory is incorporate into your meditation in the morning, mm. like your meditation period. So I know you have your still meditation of like 10 minutes, but then maybe just tag on after that some just yoga flow style yes. stretching while still less, listening to that meditative kind of melody music so you enjoying it you know yeah. and also you another thing that puts me on stretching is it can suck because it hurts you shouldn't be stretching to the point of pain and this is what a lot of people do no you should just be pushing it to where it starts to to uh, show resistance, resistance yeah and then you hold there and that's what i'm talking about if you have this nice music playing you've just done a meditation you feel all nice and awake hit those stretches and just hit your basic fundamentals you know open up the hips the shoulders and and just get you can go google any any basic stretching routine or yoga routine in the morning yeah. and uh, it will really help help with the day i think there's one called is it sun sunrise yoga oh, or something yeah, I'm like that. what that was called there's now. a couple just search just search simple yoga stretch routine and it will bring up and just oodles for you to yeah. copy you need to differentiate as well between like your static stretching and your dynamic stretching yeah so you don't really is... want to do static stretching pre-workout like you yeah so that's another let's get let's get this one out of the way first so you've done that that meditative stretching is your morning yes so that's just opening up your body after sleep getting getting the blood flowing opening yeah. up the joints getting that the, you know synovial fluid moving any kind of areas that are a bit stiff or tight from the previous yeah. day's session. And or even sometimes just weird. lying in bed. Yeah, yeah. I fucking keep getting stiff. My left glute and my, my lower back after sleeping, sometimes I can't work out what I've been doing. Yeah. I just slept like a pretzel. But um so then like like you said then, pre pre workout. Yeah. We've had this discussion a little bit. Mm, yeah. Do you do static stretching or do you do dynamic stretching so everyone's leaning at the moment towards dynamic yeah definitely dynamic unless you've got just break down what dynamic so is a, well. a dynamic stretch is a stretch that you do not hold so you're gonna go in and then out of it so you're not holding it in its length lengthened position no, so let's, let's use if we're using toe touch as an example where you yeah. do that's which is a hamstring stretch yeah rather so than reaching free. down to touch the toes and sit in there for 10 seconds yeah you kind of you bounce into it yeah you so get to the point of resistance then you pull away and go back in pull away and go back in yeah. and the 
the theory is, is it mimics the more natural movement of the body yeah. and the way those muscles are going to be used during the training session. Yeah, because there, there's a lot of studies on this that actually static stretching before a workout will reduce your ability to perform. Yeah. Because you're, you're stretching out the muscles, which is re reducing its capability for storing elastic energy because it's opened up. So... A you know a stretched muscle will not generate as much force as you know a tighter yeah. muscle. It makes sense when you break it down that simple, doesn't it? You know your muscles. Think of them as elastic bands, and if you've got one, I'm sure you've probably come across an old elastic band that's been in a drawer and it's dry <laughs> and crusty and old, and you go to pull it and Snap. Just, yeah, yeah. It, it becomes rigid, it becomes loose. Um, so if you also have that elastic band stretched out for a very long period of time, it won't pull back to its previous position and. A muscle will, sorry, yeah, a muscle will do the same thing, yeah. and also, stretch like being flexible, having a good range of motion. That's not like the be all and end all. You only need to be as flexible as you need to be. Um, yeah, don't look if, a bit to overextend your stretching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like some people don't ever need to stretch ever because they're just they're just super loose, and they actually some people could do with tightening up, getting stiffer muscles, yeah. and that's actually going to help protect their joints yeah. some people are very prone to stiffening up very quickly to the point where it'll be really detrimental to their training because they they hurt they can't get into proper ranges of motion then they definitely need to be on it yeah most of us are somewhere in the middle where sometimes we'll have certain areas that are prone to tightness yeah. we focus on those you don't always have to do this full body routine it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing especially if you if you're incorporating it into some kind of just like a, a yoga flow or something like that yeah but that's definitely something that can really help kind of flush out some of the lactic acid, the aches and pains that can accumulate from resistance. Yeah. So that's two things to think about is, you know, in the morning, some kind of stretching routine, you can look up which and find one that suits you. It doesn't have to be yoga based. I just, I think the yoga one's a good one because it, it teaches you to create flow of going from one movement to another and it, and it can be regimented in that flow. So you can just have a routine that you go through each morning and slowly you'll, you'll feel yourself getting better and better. So I wouldn't kind of mix your stretching up every day because then you won't know how much you're progressing. No, but exactly, then yeah. the big one is start your dynamic stretching before training rather than doing these static holds. Yes. And and adapt the stretches to the session you're going to do to th that day. So if you're going to do more upper body, make sure you're loosening up your core, shoulders, opening that chest up, doing that upper spine mobility. Yeah. If you're going to do leg day, obviously opening up more, a little bit more focus on those lower limbs and hips and, yeah. and, and, and all that jazz. Quickly to touch on it, there are certain situations where a static stretch might be useful for you before a session. I'm just thinking of an example of like a pec stretch. If you were going to squat, because some people, they literally struggle to get their hands behind the back to hold ah, a barbell. Okay. So, so use a static stretch on a muscle that's going to be supporting rather than working. Yeah, so you know, your pecs aren't actively helping yeah. you squat, but they are allowing your, your arms to get into a position to support yes. the barbell. Yeah. So it's not really detrimental to the squat to let yeah. your pecs stretch out. It just means that you can get under yeah. the bar comfortably. There's so there are, there, yeah. there's always an exception so, to the So yeah, if, if the supporting muscle is going to be in a static position, holding and supporting, then you can use a static stretch on that muscle. Yeah. That's an easy way to remember yeah. that one. Or something as simple as there's tightness there. If you were training full body, if you did a chest movement beforehand, you'd probably then go to squat and your shoulders would be more mobile because yeah, they've oh, been yeah. stretched via the training. Yeah, a great example is if you're about to do bench press, is to actually get on the lat pull down first yeah. and you do scapular retraction and releases and then do a couple of lat pull downs. You'll actually engage your rear chain better then to be better on the bench press. Yeah, I really like that, yeah. doing some kind of antagonistic work prior to like a heavy yeah. lift. Yeah, so it's activating those muscles, getting them ready to be good stabilizers. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And third, now... 
uh, I think this is one that we should all be doing and none of us do it enough, but we don't have to do it every day. And that is the cold therapy. Mm. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it, I know it's, I know it's fashionable a lot of the time, but there is legitimate scientific backing to show that it can help really massively bring down inflammation within the body yes. and help with joint pain, muscular pain. And um, what is it when, it when you've got something that you've built up consistently over time? What's that word that I can't think of right now? Chronic pain. Oh, chronic That's pain. What, okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so options for this are? So like ice baths are always yeah. a, a solid one. Cold showers, cry- so, cryotherapy. There's even, uh, this company actually came to us at one point. It's basically like a cryotherapy gun. Oh. And they've got like a, it's like a tank of liquid nitrogen, I think it is. And then there's like this gun and it literally will blast specific areas. Oh, with just, just to like, with, with nitrogen? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it seemed to be, it's a, it's a good idea. I don't really, I don't know how yeah, much scientific we, backing there is. I would have thought the point of the cold therapy is you have to be in the cold for an extended period of time That's and they I can't think. do that with your limbs because you'd freeze them. Yeah, I'm, I'm unsure exactly how well backed that is. For me, and things that I've done, I've never had, a, never been into a cryotherapy chamber, although I do want we to. We should do that. Yeah. And, vi- and, and just do a, a video of it. But I've yeah. done ice baths. I've yeah, done, I've done, done cold ice showers. Ice um, I personally prefer an ice bath to a cold shower. Well, so here's the difference is ice bath you'll probably do maybe once a week at the end oh, well, of the I end. Well, I do it less. Or begin, you know. I'll, we'll, we'll talk about how we do it all because it's yeah. different approaches. Well, I would say if you're going to do the ice bath, say not daily. It's a bit impractical the, to do an ice bath. Yeah, a day. exactly. And not cost effective. Yeah. The cold showers we can do every day, but I would say you'd want to incorporate breathing work if you're going to do the cold shower thing as well. Because it's not only would it be a benefit in terms of, it's not going to be as much as a benefit as doing an ice bath yeah. because it's not as encapsulating, but it's going to be great in terms of mental boundary breaking and breathing control, which is going to help you, you know, focus a lot on your body, mind and connections. Yeah. Uh, so in terms of recovery, I don't know how much a cold shower is going to help you. There is going to be some benefit if you can go from a hot to a cold because that the contrast is a big thing because yeah. constricting blood vessels, then going into something hot, which opens everything up, get a load of new blood flow into certain areas, which with that blood comes lots of nutrients, collagen, all the growth factors. Yeah. That's that's some of the benefits of it is the is the actual um, the contrast. Yeah. So. The just the cold on its own does have some benefits, but when you pair a cold shower with a hot shower or an ice bath with a you know a, yeah. a sauna or lots of things that people pair together, that's where you really do maximise the the benefits. Yeah, I think in terms of timing, you see, it really depends on your sport or you know if you're just in the gym, then that's okay. You, you, you probably would do it less if you're in the gym opposed to if you were a combat athlete where yes. your your joints are getting battered and literally, you're not you're literally not taking impact. Yeah, yeah, you're not training for hypertrophy, no. um, because ice baths will, by the by, the fact that they actually reduce inflammation, they will actually hinder hypertrophy yeah. because uh, inflammation people, is a useful. We need inflammation yeah. to a certain extent. Yeah. You need the inflammation to help encourage the muscles to repair, heal, and grow. Yes, that's part of the hypertrophy process. Yeah, but what fighters don't need is inflammation from impacts. Yes, so that's why for them, ice baths on a regular basis are beneficial. Yeah, and they're not training to deliberately build muscle. Like, no. do you know what I mean? That's that's they're training to build the skill and the yeah. and the mem, like you know what I mean? The the kind of the muscle yeah. memory opposed to like I think a lot of bodybuilders use them for for alleviating joint pain. Yes, uh, that is useful. Yeah. So for me, how I used to incorporate it, and I haven't done this since I moved into the house, just because it's only recently and since I've got a bath. But 
I used to do my training in four-week blocks. So yeah. I would have, sometimes I do like three weeks, sometimes I do four, then I would deload for a week. Yeah. And I would do it at the beginning of my deload. So I didn't need, like, it didn't matter about losing the remainder of information because I'm I'm deloading. So it would give me, it basically wipe the slate clean. Yeah. And anyone who's had an ice bath, I think they've probably been exposed to, like, the acute effect of how instantly it can get rid of DOMS. And it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. You can, I've got into ice baths. Like, everything's hurting. <laughs> I get out, jump in a hot shower, and then I'm fuck. everything's loose. And I'm like, where the hell's it all gone? <laughs> I feel yeah. good. I feel fresh. Yeah. Like, I could go and train. Um, it does give you an absolute micro penis, though, when you're in an ice bath. <laughs> it goes inward. <laughs> yeah. It's inverted. I was say, the first time that I had an ice bath, I literally shouted Emma. I was just like, hey, Emma, look how small my penis has got. <laughs> That is a confident relationship right there. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Sitting in ice water for like, because I'm, I'm not one for like fucking half measures because they were like, oh, you know, you start off with like a little bit of cold water or then you, yeah, you do no, the fuck that. I was like, yeah, balls deep, ice, literally, yeah. well, neck deep, <laughs> ice bath. And I think my first ice bath, ice bath, I can't talk, was um, about five minutes I did for my Jesus, first one. Jesus, that's long. I've done up to Most 10. people don't get past like I've two done up to 10 minutes quite a few times. But like once you're in, it's fine. Well, here's the thing: the trick is, you can only get so cold. Yeah. So the the bad part of an ice bath is that getting cold part. Yeah. But once you're cold, then it's just a matter of breathing through it. Yeah, you get comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got to get through those first few minutes of getting cold. As you're descending in, the water splashing up your chest and your back, and it's (gasps) knocks the air. Does it? Does take your air? But um. Quite, you know, the more you do it, you just learn to get your breathing under control. Well, the big thing is is to you do you know breathe in for f- for three to five seconds, yeah. breathe out three to five seconds, and you have to maintain that even when the shock hits you with the cold water. Yeah, if you, you maintain that breathing and diaphragm control, yeah, you will actually be much much more capable of staying in there longer and easier. Yeah, yeah, it literally once you once you've got it, and and sometimes I think it reduces the shock by yeah, keeping the breathing it does. going. I think so, that's what it is. That well, that's gonna the the. Um, What's the word? Hyperventilating. Yeah. That's then a reaction from your body, but that's actually going to play into the panic mechanism. I think it puts you into fight and flight when you're like that as well. Yeah, bit. and that's how like people yeah. freak out in, in ice water. So, there, the yeah, the top three. Look at that. We're just under 20 minutes. Nailed it. The only other flip side of that is saunas as well. If you do have access to a sauna, get in those a lot because yeah. they create heat-release proteins, which are fantastic for recovery. Problem is, obviously, not all of us have access to saunas in our homes yeah. to be able to do that on a regular basis, but we can dump three bags of ice into a bath once every two weeks or yeah. at the end of your month, hard work. Yeah, whatever. Like need, you said, when you're in a deload, which is perfect. So there you go. That is the first of the Crewcast bite-sized episodes that have been renamed something else that you guys have probably helped pick or we thought of in the meantime. Yeah. <laughs> Make sure to check out the previous episode as well if you haven't, the full-length one, which was, uh, it was just a fun one. Previous one was fun. We covered a lot of to- topics from genetics all the way through to Lewis buying a ridiculous hellhound. Uh, so enjoy that and we will catch it in the next episode let us know what else you want to talk about and we will get it done and until then have the great rest of the week if it started well keep that flowing if if you've had a bit of a shitter leave it behind you've got the rest of the week to make up for it and kick some ass I feel like I don't want to say toodle pip at the end of this I want it to be different piss off (laughs) (laughs) so yeah leave the bad behind bring forward the good and we'll see you in the next episode piss off That sounds so wrong. Dude, no, totally pippies. We need a we need an exit. Give yeah. us a, give us an exit um sentence that we can use on these little ones as well. We're leaving this all up to you. We're taking no responsibility. Not at all. Have a good week. Toodles. <laughs>